Sioux Nation podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Geis. Today on the show, we're talking with Kathy Iocker, owner and operator of Iocker Simmentals. How are you doing today, Kathy? I'm doing awesome. We've got a beautiful day today. Tell us a little bit about the operation and a little bit about your family as well. Well, actually, Steve and I are the third generation on the farm. We live just off the Canastota exit off of I-90. Salem is our address. We raise registered Simmental and Sim Angus and Red Angus and do like a production sale where we sell um, bulls the first Friday in March and also heifers with calves that side. But actually, our farm started way back when, oh, I'm thinking at least 75 years ago. We live actually on the homestead. Uh, Steve's grandpa started the farm here. He milked cows. And then Steve's dad and mom, they also milked cows. And then Steve's dad, Rayfield, um, started kind of dabbling into the Simital breed a little bit and started AI in. And then Steve kind of took over from there. And when Steve and I met in high school and got married right out of high school, and Steve decided not to milk cows. So we got rid of the cows, the milk cows, and stuck with the, the Simital breed and, and doing the production sales. We also have uh, a lot of uh, farm ground. We do corn, soybeans, alfalfa. Once in a while, we'll do a little bit of rye or, or oats just to get some feed for the cattle. And Steve's brother is here. He helps us on the farm along with our son, Adam, and a couple of hired men. So uh, we have a busy place. You know, you go back in time when you talk about transitioning away from milking cows to doing just farming and raising simitals. Was that mm-hmm. transition a little bit nerve-wracking? I mean, it, it goes from a milk check every two weeks to a, basically a once-a-year payday with the bull sale. Yeah, yeah, you are right. The decision was pretty much made up to Steve. Steve's dad was to the point of he had these stock cows and he was going to be calving out these stock cows. Steve was going to go off to Votech to school. And it got to be that February where Rachel had all these cows that were going to be calving. Plus he was milking. And it was to the point where, okay, Steve, do you want to stay home and milk cows or do you want to stay in the stock cows or the purebred business? And Steve at that point just said, I don't want to be milking cows 24 7 and it just was not his passion and he that's they just said okay that's what we'll do then and they basically just took the cows out of the barn walked them north about a half a mile to um, Steve's uncle's place and that's where um, the cows went and I don't think they've ever looked back it's just you make a good transition and you just felt that that was the right thing to do at that time And I guess I'm grateful because I kind of came in the picture about then, and I don't think I would have wanted to milk cows either. (laughs) It is a labor of love, isn't it? Yep, yep, you bet. And if you don't love that labor, it's a heck of a chore. It's a decision, and and I'm sure they thought hard on it, but just decided that's the route they wanted to go, was they wanted to follow a new avenue, and and it has worked out well. well. And you think about that. I mean, that made such a major change in the direction that your family took. How did that, and just raising kids on the farm and the whole family on the farm in general, how did that whole uh, enterprise go with your life? I actually worked in town. When Steve and I first got married, I worked in town at a car dealership. Well, actually, I worked for Farm Credit for a few years, and then I worked for a car dealership in town for many years. I had our third child, and then I took a few years off and just decided to stay home with him. Well, then it was like, okay, I need to go back to work. So I actually went back to work for, oh, six, eight years. And we had a bull sale. And I just remember the bull sale was so busy and coming home and trying to get stuff done. 
during my noon hour doing stuff at night and things weren't getting done that um, we had to sit down and just make a, a decision on whether or not I needed to stay at the farm. Things weren't getting done here like they should. Phone calls not getting answered or even um, returned just because you didn't have time. So I think every farming operation needs to decide what and when that point is that you stay home and you stay home and work. And since I did quit my, my town job and came home, um, they put me in a tractor. So um, I had these little kids at home. Well, actually just one little one. The others were in school and he was in the tractor with me or he was out working cows with us and stuff. And he's the one now that is going to be the fourth generation taking over the farm. He saw the passion that Steve and I had for the farm and he has it also. It's, it's just, he loves farming. So raising kids on a farm, it's nothing better than to have them go outside and, and work with their show animals or just get in a tractor and stuff. They absolutely enjoy it. It's a great life. At some days. <laughs> well, we all have those days, but I'll tell you, you must have made an impression yeah. on your kids because they nominated you for the South Dakota Woman Farmer Rancher of the Year in 2020, which is a title that you acquired. Yeah, they called me and said, hey, mom, um, I guess the last question on this form we're filling out for you for this award is that we have to let you know that we're doing it. And you can't do anything about it because we already turned it in. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, but to be nominated, that was amazing, which I never, ever thought I'd even, you know, I'm just a farm farm wife, just a farm worker. But I think just them seeing me work and the different hats that I wear Every day, it's, uh, I think every woman is kind of, every farm wife is like that. You go from being a vet assistant to a cook, a chef, a, uh, a parts runner to, oh golly, I could just keep going on and on and on, um, groundskeeper. Um, yeah, just like here, we were weaning calves. And so then I'm shoot side, doing, collecting the DNA and all the data and stuff. So every day is a different day. And I think my kids just saw that I, I dug into everything that we do around here, you just go out and help where you can. And then I also love to volunteer and I think they recognize my volunteer work and they're now good volunteers. So it's just kind of, they follow what you do. Well, I think you're underselling yourself a little bit mm -hmm. because you've been a great supporter of agriculture and a champion of women in agriculture as well. So what about that part of your life? Is there anything you'd like to say on that? I had the opportunity to volunteer. I, you know, I, I guess I'd love to volunteer. Steve and I have been on many, many organizations. I was actually like a 4-H leader. I got involved with that, loved it. 4-H Fair Board, I was on the McCook County Fair Board for about 20 years. Uh, Steve and I were Simital Junior Advisors for over 20 years, working with kids and promoting our breed and, and working with the other programs that we do throughout the junior program. And since then, now we've kind of upped our ante and Steve is actually on the American Simital national board and I'm on the American Cemetery Foundation board. So we kind of are in a bigger spectrum of things, but I, you know, I also worked at South Dakota Cattlemen's Auxiliary. I served at many, many, many state sizzlers at the Corn Palace mm -hmm. and places like that, just promoting our product and getting it out there and that we have a good product. But yeah, it's just, you just try to volunteer where you can and we actually volunteer with a lot of school and church activities, pretty much wherever we're needed in Salem, we try to help out. So you just got to get in there and, and, and work at it and uh, volunteer. That's super cool. And thank you very much for all those volunteer efforts. I'm going to do it as long as I can. <laughs> and actually working on a farm, I have flexibility to where I can, you know, do some volunteer stuff, you know, okay, I can kind of adjust my schedule so that I can get to some of these activities. Well, and then maybe this brings up a good point because 
a lot of people have this idea of what it would be like working on a farm and would aspire to do that, but agriculture is still a business. So what would you like people to know about running an agriculture business in order for it to be successful? Yeah, absolutely a business. Um, A lot of dollars run through a farm. Um, You talk all your input costs from putting in the crop to actually us picking out our our bulls that we want to use in the spring and purchasing the semen. It's a major business. So we surround ourselves with people that can help us with all of that. I mean, we've got a great banker that we can work with. We've got vets that we call upon with any questions with our cattle, um, our agronomists with our crops. So it's a business and and you need to sit down and plan. Um, Luckily, my son is very good at the crop part of it and he loves working with the crops. So we've kind of turned that over to him as far as inputting his ideas into what we're doing with every piece of ground. Steve and I work a little more with the cattle and trying to um, incorporate different genetics into our herd. This last year, we actually incorporated a lot of DNA genetics where we use our DNA from our cows and try to compare them to bulls and see if we get a good match, you know, get the right bull to use for next year. Just technology keeps changing and we just try to keep up with it. But yeah, it it is definitely a business and um, you're not just a dumb farmer anymore like they used to say, (laughs) but it takes a lot of people to help you with what you're doing and you just need to reach out. And if you have questions, just ask someone that would know the answer. You know, and on that too, what other advice would you have for younger families that feel like they want to be in the farming and ranching business or maybe have just started in that so they can have success? It's hard to just start out. I mean, luckily, Steve's dad helped us immensely. Um, We're trying to help Adam also get him going. I guess just find your niche in your part of the ag community and find people that can help you. Like I said, if you have questions, just go and ask, dig in deep and just keep your chin up. (laughs) There's going to be good years. There's going to be bad years and you just got to just stay consistent and just try to wave it out, I guess. Just keep plugging away. We need those young farmers. It's harder and harder to pass it on to kids, I think, just because of the cost of farming. But um, we need those young farmers out there. Well, Kathy, thank you very much for taking the time to stop by the podcast and share all this information with us. Oh, you bet. This was fun. Love talking uh, farming and ranching anytime. So. And one other thing, too, if people have any question about a good Simital bowl, how can they get a hold of y'all? Oh, you bet. We actually have a website, Um, We do have a Facebook page. Otherwise, they could call Steve. His number is 421-1152 or give my cell phone a call, which is 421-1138. So yeah, just uh, give us a call and or stop by. We just live right off Interstate 90 on the Canasota exit. And um, we'd love to talk cattle. Perfect. Thank you very much for the time, Kathy. Really appreciate it. Awesome. And thank you to our audience out there. Y'all take care, folks. Mm-hmm.